Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're tuned in to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. All right, we're having conversations about football things, and I don't know what to do, so I defaulted back to a uh, Marvin the Martian voice. I guess Marvin the Martian is as close to Marshawn Lynch as I'm going to be able to get, because this is the nerd of Godcast, uh, and I don't I do not do sports ball. But uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. My name is uh, Tony T, and this is the nerd of Godcast, that place where uh, all the geeks and the godly cool kids like to hang out and play marbles and pogs with each other because apparently it's 1953 and 1993 respectively uh, welcome to the uh, the show my name is tony i uh, just want to take a quick second and say uh, it is so good to be here tonight it is a wonderful night here in beautiful central florida uh, it is a balmy 90 degrees here oh in November. 86. Mm. It was uh, well. It's 90 here in the in the studio. Oh yeah, a cool 90. <laughs> I am sweating in uh, in various sundry places and uh, can't wait to uh, to continue talking about all the great nerdy things while perspiration drippeth. Uh, from my face. Uh, we are the Nerd of Godcast, and uh, this is uh, your chance to jump in on the conversation with us as we kick around the ideas and the thoughts and the things that you guys are talking about at the GameStop, at the coffee shop, uh, in the bookstore, and whatnot. Uh, maybe even in the fellowship hall after church. Oh, snap. That's right. But uh, we are here. Uh, if you haven't connected with us yet, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd of Godcast. Check us out on Facebook at Nerd of Godcast. You can even send us an email, Nerd of Godcast at gmail.com and now everyone brace yourself you can connect with us at nerdofgodcast.com which goes to our our new nerdofgodcast.com our redesigned uh, more functional more fashionable nerdofgodcast.com what's that address again nerdofgodcast.net <laughs> it's dot com nerdofgodcast.net it's dot com <laughs> thank you <laughs> nerdofgodcast.com you can come check it out we got some different articles and things like that it's a little bit more of a blog post uh, we put some different stuff up there to inspire and entertain you can see some pictures of us at different events and uh, follow along with all the fun at nerdofgodcast.com I'm so glad you guys were with me on that one uh, let's go around and introduce the Nerd of Godcast crew uh, with me as always is Producer Steve-O. Greetings, my friends. Steven, you have got a uh, you've got a name tag on tonight that says "Hello." I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Are you warning us, or is something bad coming? Or it's just you... a perpetual put- apology. Just just an ongoing, an ongoing, ongoing. Paying past debts and putting a deposit down on future ones, huh? Sure. <laughs> well, I accept. Okay. Well, it wasn't you are, for you. You are square. Oh, you are I'm square sorry. with Neff. Uh, and then we'll slide right over to player three, the lovely Tori Line. Hey, guys. Hey, Tori. What's new in your neck of the woods? Uh, lots and lots of homework. You know what? Stop. 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 Every week. What? That's what it is. Every week. It's the same it. answer, Tori. You need to do something. You need to spice up your routine. Uh, if you're listening to us, hit us up on Twitter and, <laughs> and suggest something for Tori to do that, that can take her beyond the ABC trip of uh, going to school, going to Wawa, coming here to record, lather, rinse, repeat. Give Tori something fun to do. Uh, Tori, are you afraid of heights? No. Are you afraid of animals? No. Uh, do you have uh, a U.S. passport? No. Okay, so those are your limitations, guys, and go. If you want to fund any of these trips, then uh, That's right. we're gonna, be my guest. We're sending, we're sending Tori on an all-expense-paid cruise to Beirut. Fantastic. What? It's like Call of Duty with, 
without a game save feature. Oh, uh, moving, no right on, moving right along. Moving right along. You're going to Syria. <laughs> 120 degree weather. That's right. Oh, Luscious yeah. desert. Wait, wait, are you a Christian? You're not going to like Syria. No. Oh, too soon. Player number four, the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that was it. So informal. Hello. Neff, uh, where, where are we, what are we doing, man? What's going on in, in your world? Uh, mostly working. Mostly working. Working, working, Dri- working. Driving around, you know, driving delivering around. parts to places. Delivering parts and various accessories. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Neff, uh, on being gainfully employed. Good job for yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, and oh, I have, I'm applying to uh, college. Yay, Yay, Neff, education. What are you going to be studying, man? Um, music production. Music production. Ooh. So you're not going to real college. I'm going to Valencia. Oh, Valencia. So you're not going to a real college. Oh. No. Hey, Valencia is a better. Stephen, are we really going to do this? Glass houses? I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, Valencia is the most legit, like, not university kind of community college thing I have ever seen. Like, I drop off a friend there frequently, and it's huh. a madhouse. There's a million people. It's huge. Like I've never been to a. I think it's the biggest community college. It's or not a community was college. The biggest community college right. in That's the country. Sure it was the number it. one community college, and then it was so good they ended up becoming. A we college. dropped the community. Heck yeah! But, but the community still didn't, <laughs> <I have laughs> didn't drop us. I have. All right, moving right along. Uh, so that's everybody. We have uh, we are all present and accounted for. In just a few minutes, we're going to be bringing up a special guest to our show tonight, and uh, that will be yet to come. But before we do that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax for all the news you can use. It's time for Neff News. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to Neff News. My name is Neff. Today's news is brought to you by AR Destin Font. For when you want to. <laughs> <laughs> For when you want to feel like you're typing on a keyboard on an alien spaceship. I'm just saying, my twos are Zs. And here is your news in nerd culture this week. In movie news, it was released today that Mark Wahlberg will be starring in the new film version of the classic 1970s and 80s series, Six Million Dollar Man. In which a former astronaut gets bionic implants from a secret government organization and is set to release in 2017. And as we all saw with Transformers, if anyone can save a classic franchise and a reboot movie, it's Mark Wahlberg. Stop. All Remember right. Mark Wahlberg was in the Planet yeah, of the yeah, Apes reboot, too. Yeah. That was like I a, try not to think about that. Yeah, a giant. Even with Tim Burton. Tim Burton turd. It's a Transformer. <laughs> oh, seriously, guys. It's a Transformer. You gotta see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In video game news, video game company Activision Blizzard has bought Candy Crush developer King Digital Entertainment for a reported $5.9 billion. Wait, now why do they keep... What? Why are these... Why is Candy Crush... Why is Angry Birds... Why is the, the, the Mojang... Why are these billion-dollar things? I can't understand this. Because when you have a billion people buying it for a dollar <laughs> or playing it and having three ads per, you know, ten minutes... That's just printing money. It's, it's like, not the people buying the game. It's the people buying to skip levels of the game because the game is terrible. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Please, Neff, I apologize. There's so much time between the news and the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the joke will work. <laughs> no, no. Go for it, man. I, Candy Crush. Billion dollars. In related news, Blizzard just released a new title for their new game, World of Warcraft, The Hammer of Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> I would play that game. I would play that. <laughs> In TV news, The Greatest American Hero, a 1980s comedy series, has been set to be rebooted on Fox. 
The series followed a school teacher who is given a super suit by aliens but loses the instruction booklet and finds out what powers the suit gives him through trial and error. Some people are already talking about crossover possibilities and while some say Gotham would be perfect, I would personally like to see a Glee crossover. Just because, you know, just think about it. I'm done with this super suit. I'm just gonna throw it in the trash. Throws it in the trash. Student comes by, picks it up. Wow. Okay, I wonder what this super suit is. It's pretty cool. Puts it on, walks over to the students. Feels so weird. What's wrong with you? Well, look at what's happened to me. Nice. Yes. I can't believe in myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. Should've been somebody else. Yay, Neff, thank you. You touched my 80s kid heart. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. <laughs> and this has been Neff News. Have a nerdy today and a blessed tomorrow. <laughs> I love you, Neff. You make me happy. This was the greatest thing is that Neff and I just shared a real moment here while Tori and Steven uh, eyeballed the door. <laughs> do we do we need to leave now? <laughs> Uh, the, the Greatest American Hero was, was a really great uh, show. Steven, you remember the William Cat figure that I had yes, on my, the wall in my you're office? Yes, very, very rare. Very rare. My buddy Scott uh, was commissioned to do an eight, uh, uh, an old Mego-style uh, action figure oh. of William Cat, Greatest American Hero, for an FX, the, the, the convention FX, which was a comic book and sci-fi convention mm-hmm. a few years ago. It was a show exclusive. Uh, really, really neat, really, really cool figure. And uh, they put out a rare, rare, super rare variant where he was actually still in his street clothes with the uniform underneath it. And, That's um, cool. And I have that rare variant. So Signed by William Cat. Signed by William Cat. That's Who right. Who was on an episode of Heroes. That's the only place I've seen him. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Neff, Neff has brought his news to us, and uh, I actually have a little bit of news, too. Um, what? This, this, was, this changed my day yesterday. Uh, I was lounging about the house on my day off. And when I received a telephone call from a friend of mine, what? And he, uh, upon answering, he, the first thing that come out of his mouth was, "Do you want to go to MegaCon Fan Days?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely. What's going on?" And he said, "You still have all your stuff from your religion and anime talk, don't you?" And I said, "Yes, I do." And he said, "Excellent. We're working with the uh, the new owners of MegaCon to revamp their anime department." And, uh, and he said, and, and I'm just pulling out my resources. And my friend Tom Kroom from Wasabi Anime, who was the one Tom that opened Kroom. the door for us to participate before there was a Nerd of God cast, yeah. to participate in the, the religion and anime and the gospel according to Neon Genesis Evangelion, I titled it. Um, he called and asked if I would come and bring a uh, talk about uh, God and the anime at, at Megacon Fan Days this year here in Orlando. And... I think I started jumping up and down in my house. I, yes. I was on the phone with him. I tried to play it cool, and I'm just like, yes, I will do this thing that you are asking me. And then I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh so really cool opportunity, guys. Uh, the Nerd of God cast, the official uh, Nerd of God cast, not just you know me being a nerd and a Christian, but uh, Nerd of God cast will be presenting uh, religion and anime at Megacon Fan Days, November 21st and 22nd at the Orange County Convention Center. So that is uh, really, really exciting for me. 
I'm pretty pumped about it. You know what that means, right? Tell me what that means. We all got to watch anime together. That's right. <laughs> we all got to get together and watch ne- Neon Genesis <laughs> Evangelion. I don't know. With, the, with all of the uncomfortable. Yeah, all of the uncomfortable. You know, Neon Genesis Evangelion is, is not my favorite anime, but it's definitely a hallmark of the art form, and a lot of people really respect it and revere it. And like it or not, it definitely opens up the conversation. So uh, we'll, we'll be talking a lot about the symbolism. We'll be talking a lot about... Uh, some of the imagery and uh, even d- different terms that, that kind of refer back between uh, Jewish mysticism and uh, biblical Christianity, Old Testament, New Testament. And uh, we'll draw some lines between that and uh, Shinji Rei and Asuka's adventure in <laughs> giant robots. So uh, I will, I'll be bringing that out. I'm very, very excited about it. So uh, thank you, Tom Kroom from Wasabi Anime for the opportunity and for your confidence in us. And, uh, and man, if any of you guys in our Nerd of God squad are, uh, are going to be at the Megacon Fan Days this November, please uh, stop by and say hey to us, man. We'd love to meet you and love to shake your hands. And, uh, and we may even have some Nerd of God swag to uh, put in your hands between now and then. So I'd uh, love to connect with you guys. So that's a pretty cool announcement. It's uh, fun for, you know, fun for everybody. And uh, hopefully it'll be a really great opportunity for the Nerd of God cast and, uh, and a blessing to the fans of the anime. Good stuff. Most definitely. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, while we, uh, before we get into the the meat of tonight, I want to take a quick second and uh, address um, a problem that I have. Um, we we've been doing this thing for the past few weeks called the best thing ever, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, and and some of the weeks we've gotten a lot of votes. Some of the weeks we haven't gotten so many votes. You know, different things. Uh, you know, maybe sunspots or you know uh, something good was on TV that night or whatever. <laughs> But uh, but in our best thing ever, it's the Clash of the Titans. It's Mechas versus Kaiju, and uh, we're still kind of going through our. We went through all of our, our Kaiju, all of our giant monsters and and beasties, and now we're into the Mechas. And last week, uh, we introduced the best thing ever battle, which I believe was round five, which was Voltron, uh, the Defender of the Universe, versus um, Megazord from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and. Um, you know, this is the first time I've ever been disappointed <laughs> in the Nerd of God squad out there, in all of our voting public. But for whatever reason, the Megazord came out ahead of Voltron. Yeah, yeah that's right. And uh, what's up, player? <laughs> what the heck was that? Uh, I, I guess know. it was worth it, Voltron taking the hit just to hear you go uh, all Whatever salt and pepper on us. So, oh, uh, so Stephen, congratulations. Yeah, Voltron fans. I mean, I can't say you? that I didn't just keep pressing refresh on the page. It wasn't voting. like that. But uh, good job uh, for the, the Megazord. It's always fun to see these little upsets happen. So Megazord moves forward. Um, I was looking at some reasons why people might have, because we give... <laughs> I'm like, can you justify this, please? Tell me why uh, that that you would vote for one versus the other. Hmm. And uh, these were a lot of the reasons. Megazord uh, won because uh, someone grew up with it. That was their that was their generations. One person, you know, said they like Voltron because he's the original. Although it was argued with us that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were a show that predated Voltron, at least the source material from which they took the uh, the giant. Uh, mechas fighting from one another predated Voltron, so whatever. Thank you, L Seven. <laughs> and um, but this was this was I think this was a deciding uh, vote, uh, or at least a, a valid point. I don't understand what it means, but um, Micah Sims says that 
Megazord should win because it can combine with two other Zords, Titanus and Dragonzord. Is that a, is that a thing? Yeah. All right. So um, Micah Sims makes a valid argument. I, I cannot contest with that. So congratulations, Power Rangers fan. Go, go, you. Fan. <laughs> fan. <laughs> Congratulations, Steven. Power Rangers fan. Go, go, you. Fan. So. Listen, hey. One. <laughs> they wouldn't keep making it if people didn't like it, Tori. <laughs> Power Rangers has been going on wait, for 20-something wait, wait, wait. years. They wouldn't keep making it if people didn't like it. They still make uh, York Peppermint Patties, and nobody likes York Peppermint There's Patties. There's one old lady... You like York peppermint patties, Tori? And Tori. You're <laughs> grounded. Like, come on. Mint, it's kind of like a given. Mint and chocolate should never what? should never. No, shut touch. up. Shut, shut it. Except it's for like, mint and chocolate chip It's shapes. like the border oh, given by the, trade, by the Federation. You keep your shamrock shape. You don't shape cross You shut up, things. man. All right. Well, we're, we've uh, clearly touched a nerve here. <laughs> I will mint st- chocolate chip is the best. Mint okay. chocolate chip is so terrible. Good. All right. This it is, is so bad. All right. You know what we're going to do? Neff, you say mint chocolate chip milkshakes. It's fine. Tori, you like the York peppermint patty. Steven and I agree that mint and chocolate ne'er the twain shall meet. Um, I, I think that we need to leave this up to the peeps. So, uh, mm. Nerd God Squad, get on Twitter right now. Get on. Do not wait. Don't wait till this episode is over. Just scroll over to your Twitter page and tell us, uh, yes, chocolate and, and mint or no chocolate and mint. And if you don't have an opinion, play favorites. <laughs> if, you <don't>, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if you like Steven and Tony. Yeah, and we're clearly like the best part. We're clearly the most likable. <laughs> Uh, and We're the me. ones that have the faces for radio. That is true. I have a comment, ones that are... but I'm going to save it. What's Listen. your comment? Say your comment. What, what's your... you guys fight all the time. Oh. So, you know, I said the same Steve thing. Steve and I best friends. Yeah. I know that's the problem. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick second here. Actually, we're going to take uh, 300 seconds here, and we are going to visit a place I like to call the House of Ideas. Yeah. Uh, tonight's House of Ideas, uh, we're going to talk about mashups. Uh, because sometimes things work out great when you put them together, kind of like uh, ketchup and French fries. Sometimes things go great when you put them together. Like you ever put Doritos or, or Cheetos on your sandwich? Yes. Yeah, like, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good mashup. Magusta. Uh, one of my personal favorites: a little sweet tea with some lemonade up in it. Mm. Arnold Palmer. A little Arnold Palmer action. Very, very good. And sometimes mashups are terrible, like chocolate and peppermint. Whatever, yes. man. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Uh, I was even in a meeting today with my senior pastor, and he's like busted out of his drawer like this bag of Ghirardelli chocolates, and he's like, chocolate peppermint. I'm like, yeah, no. And he looked at me like, a fat man just turned down chocolate. Lord, this is the last sign. (laughs) (laughs) Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Just never turn down chocolate, but if it's chocolate and peppermint, might as well be chocolate and moose turds. I'm never going to try it. And he wrote on the house, or... Wait, you've never tried it? No, I'm not. I'm never going to eat it. Oh, okay. So. What? <laughs> and he rode on a house? I'm going to say horse. And, uh, and a rode on a house. <laughs> and behold, such a behold the beagle riding. <laughs> behold. The red bear. He fights the red bear in the, in the east. <laughs> I'm going to say the horse. Oh, he rode on the horse. He rode oh, on a pale horse. Thank you for getting that. <laughs> on a pale horse, yeah. So this is our house of ideas tonight. We're going to talk about crossing over things that don't normally go together and trying to make something that's better than the sum of its parts. Now, I know that on a previous episode, we did kind of a crossover house of ideas where we crossed over two franchises or two universes, like characters that would meet each other. But this is not that. This is taking a a concept, taking a storyline, taking something and switching genres, taking something and switching it out. For instance, um, you guys, uh, the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. 
uh, which oh. is one. Or um, I don't know if this counts. Maybe the Spider-Man Broadway musical. That's kind of a genre or, or switch the there a little musical. bit. The Shrek. I love the Shrek that musical. Was, yeah, it was that really was really good. good. Well, I think taking something and turning it into a musical isn't. It's just adding music to it. But taking Spider-Man and turning it into a musical, a little bit different. Okay, <laughs> it gets you a another lawsuit. example. You guys have seen the the, the this book, um, the Star Wars William Shakespeare. Uh, book. Yes. Yeah. No. You've not yes. seen that? No. It's oh, pretty cool. It's wonderful. Yeah. So take what I want you guys to do is take an, an idea, take a property, take something that gives you enough run of creativity, and then switch the genre of it. Oh, okay. For instance, for instance, I was looking through my old my old library of books, and I found a Star Trek book called Imzadi, which is basically the backstory between Will Riker and Deanna Troy, and it's a romance novel set in the Star Trek universe. Gotcha. So you, you see what I'm saying? It's like maybe take a, a storyline or a franchise and then switch the genres on it. So it's something that it, you're you're telling the same story but in a different so uh, like timbre. So like different... a first-person shooter. Why do uh, I keep, yeah. like, I'm thinking of something and then you guys both bring up, like, I was thinking Star <laughs> Trek and you're like, romantic comedy in Star Trek and then I'm thinking Zelda, like, what can we do with Zelda? And then you're like, so if you take Zelda mm. and I'm like... So you're crossing over these genres and uh, take something out of a common, familiar place, put it into a different place, tell the story with a different voice. Your calls, just you have five minutes to impress me, and welcome to the House of Ideas. Okay, so check it out. So I've been watching Tony play Last of Us lately because uh, oh, that's a great game. it's like it's an experience and I can't quite articulate properly. That game is rated M. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. It wasn't you. It was <laughs> it's my brother. M for a masterpiece. Which is true. It, he was Anyway... I'm thinking we rewrite The Last of Us as a children's, like, story, and, like a pop-up book, and you can sell, like, little, like, clicker plushies, and, like, like Meet they're, like, really soft, but, like, it's a, it's a mushroom I don't, I don't, thing. I don't think I want my kid Joel. next to meet, meet Joel. Just an everyday guy and his daughter are walking through the woods. <laughs> See Joel. See Joel run. See Joel, 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 Joel shoot. <laughs> and see Joel click. See Joel press triangle to hoist Ellie up to get the ladder. See <laughs> Joel swim. See Joel defend. See Joel hold his daughter. See Joel. See uh, Joel's daughter. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It happens in the first 10 minutes of the game. He and wrecks you. Fun. Okay, so so that that's kind of yeah. funny. The Last of Us as a as a kids thing, you get the little clicker toys, put a little rattle in them or something like yes. that because they're little little plush things. I you shake them. I want to draw like cute clickers. You turn now. you turn one. Yeah, page. Okay, yeah, draw your little chibi right. clickers. You, you, use your drawing. You turn one page and get the bloaters, but when you open it up, it's like bleh, like bleh, yeah. blown, thrown up on you. Was that? Was that? That was uh, Left a, for Dead. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> different game. Similar. <laughs> All right, so that that's a cool one. Uh, what do you got, Stevo? Uh, I'm not trying to go with the like continuing the game thing. You can't say Back to the Future as a Western because that's already been done. No, and it was good. Okay. People need to leave it alone. But I've I've actually thought about this before, and I would love it if there was like you have Pokemon, which is a, you know a great game. People have been playing it for years. But you take Pokemon and you put it into like the Skyrim world to where you have like the graphics it's first person shooter but everything looks like legit and real it's like you're just walking through these woods trying to go to these different gyms and and fight but you can actually go in to spend hours hunting Pokemon or you know researching Pokemon like it's open world you don't have to do whatever you look up in the air and through the trees you just see like wings flapping and it's like a real metal looking Charizard I was about to say is the dragon the Charizard or or, 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 like you go and you go 
and you have to, you know, fight a man champ or something like that. Is that how you say it correctly, Tori? It's been about no. 20 years since I've played. I used to be Pokemon. a trainer like you, and then I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> I took a Pokeball to my knee. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Pusrodach. <laughs> Team Rocket Blast again. <laughs> Nephew use Pusroda. It's super effective. It's super effective. <laughs> I like it. All right. Not bad, Steve-O. Not bad. Neff, you got anything for us, man? Well... In a time of gritty remakes and reboots, <laughs> I believe there is one movie that needs that touch. Space Jam. The gritty, the oh, gritty the Space Jam alone. Gritty Space Jam. I think, I think you just stepped in Steven's Holy Grail there. Set in noir. Tuned down. It's, it's, uh, it's like the it's Sin City. New Orleans. It's the, it's the Sin City version. It's super dark. Just... I'm sorry. <laughs> Of all so, the basketball courts in the Windy City, <laughs> he had to had bring his animated butt into mine. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> you, you were good, kid. <laughs> Real good. That's that's the mask. Oh. Wow. Uh, you've moderately piqued my interest, but I'm not necessarily blown away by any of these ideas. Combine your powers, guys. Let our powers combine. We take Duke Nukem and he's the star of a kids TV show a la Pee Wee's Playhouse. Okay. <laughs> okay. We, could do, we could have. Okay, so let's see. So I like uh, Noir thing. That's cool. And uh, the Pokemon is cool. And Huggable Clickers are great. So what <laughs> if they were all happening in like. Sky, Noir Skyrim Noir with Noir. Pokemon and like what? now we're crossovering and genres and, like, and <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful a beautiful so it's a mishmash horrifying mashup of everything so it's like a it's like a Noir version of Smash Brothers is what we're looking exact, for exactly yes yes so we got yes. real Pokemon Michael yeah. Jordan and clickers and click and huggable clickers huggable clickers oh my goodness okay Rated PG-13. I'm going to need you to draw a picture of this all tour. I need Michael Jordan, uh, a giant, you know, evil-looking Charizard. What? That's... Not even even the same thing. Well, uh, none of your ideas have necessarily wowed me. Perhaps I I failed to accurately communicate exactly what it was that I was going for. So uh, I'm going to do you guys a favor. I'm going to give you a little hands-on tonight, okay? We're going to have a little object lesson, and uh, maybe it will, will open up your eyes to what I was really going for. Um, because now it's time to bring in our guest to the Nerd of Godcast. Oh, uh, would you guys please do me a giant favor as we welcome together the Nerd of God kid, Christian Talavera. I knew it! Yeah. <laughs> it's my son, Yay. Christian. Everybody welcome him to the show. Yeah. Woo. What up, what up? <laughs> Christian, welcome to the Nerd of Godcast. How you doing tonight, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good. You feeling good? Is this is this like a big honor for you to be on this really important, amazing podcast? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's my teenage son. So, <laughs> uh, well, welcome. It's great to have you. Christian is actually here because tonight he's going to help us out with a fun little project that we're going to tonight. We're going to have a segment that we call Nerd of Godcast: A Night at the Theater. Mm. And uh, Christian is going to help us out with that. Christian is a very dramatic and theatrical young person. Is that correct? Why? Thank you. Yes, it is correct. <laughs> yes, it is correct. <laughs> See, drama. Drama. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> Neff, take notes. All right. Um, <laughs> let's, let's go we ahead and drama. So Christian is going to help us out tonight. In just a minute, we're going to hand out some scripts, and we are going to do a table reading of 
William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So what we have what, what we have here is I've got scripts on all of these tablets. We're going to be handing them around. So please, Christian, please pass this around. That is what's up. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to go into it. I will be giving you guys your parts in just a moment. Uh, this is Shakespeare. This is high theater. So I expect you guys to bring your very, very best that we might honor not only the bard, but also George Lucas. I feel like we're not all on the same page. We are not all on the same Literally page. Literally not on the same page. I'm of, going to I'm going to be telling Don't interrupt, Nefri. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. That's so, great. I will give you guys where to go. Um, right now, the first scene we'll be starting out, we'll start with the beginning. Um, in the upper left-hand corner, it'll have the little three-line thing there. Just hit that and uh, you can select the chapter that you're on. It will be act 1, scene 1, and then we'll go into act 1, scene 2. All right? All right. All right, your cast for tonight. C-3PO will be played by Quentin Neff. Of Hello. course. R2-D2 will be played by Christian. Sup? Uh, the chorus will be Tori. Yes. Rebel will be Steven. Hey. And I will be Darth Vader. <laughs> now, of course you will. And I'll be Darth now, Vader. Now, are we going to do, like, different stuff? Like, is Neff going to be... C-3PO, like the traditional voice. I would like for you to get Wait, why do I have to be R2-D2? I will it's try. I will, you know. <laughs> I think it's just getting your feet wet. This is your first time on, on the Nerd of God cast, so uh, maybe the beeps are just sort of like your trial run. It's just to make sure that, you know, it's for it's for sound levels, of course. All right. All right, very good. Reluctantly, he acquiesces. Pain. All right, so let's do our very best, everybody. Vocal exercises. Me, 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 Bobby, be, boo, boo, Bobby, be, boo, boo, ba, 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 the main reactor fails. We shall most surely be destroyed by this. I warrant madness lies herein. Beep, 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 squeak, beep, beep, meek, wee. <laughs> We're doomed. The princess shall have no escape this time. I fear this battle doth portend the end of the rebellion. Oh, what misery. Now watch amazed as swiftly through the door the army of the empire flieth in. And as the troopers through the passage pour, they murder several dozen rebel men. Enter Darth Vader, carrying Rebel Leader One by the neck and stormtroopers. The Death Star plans we cannot find herein, nor are they on the main computer, Lord. In short, they are not here, and there's an end. Thou speakest well, my stormtrooper, and yet not well upon mine ear the message falls. I turn to thee, thou rebel. I, I lift thy head above mine own. Thou canst now choose to keep thy secrets locked safe in that head, and therefore lose the life thou holdest dear, or else to keep thy head, and thus thy life. My patience runneth quickly out, much like the sands across the dunes of Tatooine. So tell me, else thou diest quick, where shall we find transmissions thou didst intercept? What hast thou done, say, with those plans? My head and my life I value, certain tis, and yet, to thee, I must report that we have not intercepted one transmission. Ah! This is the consular ship and nothing more on diplomatic mission. Ugh! Thou knave, with thy last breath, hear this word. If this is but a consular ship, 
Then where is the ambassador? <coughs> Commander Prithee, go. Rend thou this ship apart until the plans are found, and bring me any passengers. Upon thy life, I want them brought alive. And so another dies by my own hand. This hand, which now encased in blackness is, oh, that the fingers of this wretched hand had not the pain of suffering ever known. But now my path is joined unto the dark, and wicked men whose hands and fingers move to crush their foes are now my company. So shall my fingers ever undertake to do more evil I, and this my hand shall do the Emperor's bidding evermore. And thus we see how fingers presage death and hands become the instrument of fate. And scene. Yay. Yay. Great job, guys. Great. Good warm up there. (laughs) All right. So let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to skip forward. Uh, We're going to go to uh, act one, scene three, recast. Uh, I will stay Vader for consistency's sake. Neff, you move over to the command role. Okay. The captain of the ship, Steven, and because there's only one girl in Star Wars, <laughs> Leia is Tori. Wait, who am I? You are silent during this part. Okay. <laughs> you're like, you're like, uh, Wait, is, is the, forgive me, the uh, commander, is that the guy that uh, doubts Vader? No. Okay. We're if he's silent, is he We're still planet? aboard the rebel ship. Is he the planet okay. that gets blown up? You're thinking up? of Mati. Admiral Mati. Okay. Yeah, am I the planet? What Q gets, gets blown, blown up? up. That's, That's why right. Silent. <laughs> You're Alderaan. We're not. We haven't blown anything up yet. We're still in the tentative. Uh, All right. The planet. Thousands of voices cried out. Act one, scene three. Aboard the rebel ship, enter Darth Vader and stormtroopers with Princess Leia. Darth Vader, only thou couldst be so bold. When first my ship was under siege, I knew twas thee who had this peaceful vessel sacked. The Imperial Senate shall not stand for this. For when they hear thou hast attacked a ship on a diplomatic mission, Highness. Peace, be thou not so surprised, for well thou know'st a mercy mission this was not this time. Thine innocent appearance doth disguise a heart with revolution at its core. Aye, several transmissions were there beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent, and prithee, speak thou well, or speak thy last, for fairer next than thine my hand hath crushed. Thine idle threat is meaningless to me. My neck, my tongue, my mouth, these instruments of speech have not the power to relate the knowledge that thou seekest. For certain tis I nothing know of what thou ask of me, for I am but a member of the great imperial senate bound for Alderaan on mission diplomatic. Nay, thou liest, for thou art with the rebel alliance vile, and worse, a traitor. Take this one away. The (laughs) blood... The blood and wires within me leap with fire when all these traitorous words I must endure. Lord, holding her is dangerous. If word of this is told, then sympathy may rise with the rebellion in the Senate's mind. So shall our power over the, all the universe be weakened by this wicked, cunning wretch. Tis like the tale my mother told me once of bygone emperor whose reign was lost when putrid Ugnaughts. Ugnaughts? when putrid Ugnox rose against his throne. So hath my mother said, and I with her, a deathly blow oft comes from tiny fist, and greatest tree may fall by smallest axe. Commander, peace, and trouble not thy mind with tales of old. 
The princess shall reveal her treachery when all's to do is done. The rebel spies are aptly traced to her, and now she is my only link to find the hidden rebel base. I'll wager she will die ere she tells thee. Leave that to me. Now go, be on thy way, and take this task. Send thou a signal of distress, and then inform the Senate all aboard were killed. So shall our presence here be hid from sight, and thus our swift attack shall not be known. Fine. Enter Captain. Should I do a different voice? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be the same thing. Lord Vader! <laughs> Lord Vader. Lord Vader! Sorry I am, sorry I am to report, but there are no battle plans aboard that, this shit. Can I do that? Is that okay? What you gotta do, buddy. Why not? Just do it. Lord Vader, sorry I am to report, but there are no battle plans aboard this ship, and neither were transmissions made. There was but one escape pod jettisons amid the fighting, but no life forms were aboard for certain t'was a harmless accident. With purpose rank, must she have quickly hid the plans in the escape pod? Woman vile, how are... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Woman vile. No, 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 this is good stuff. Okay. You are coming down with the right. of the vapors. All right. All right. Good lord, Mr. Beauregard. All right. <laughs> Okay. Well, you're committed now. You gotta I, keep I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. I do it. declare. Boy. All right. I'm going to start over. So, shush. Woman vile. <laughs> How or could she deceive my subtle mind? The plans in the escape pod? Oh, must. Oh, most rare. Pray cease thy speech and mark ye what I say. Take thou a keen and swift detachment down and bring me back the plans. Commander, go. See to the task thyself before the chime. There shall be none to stop our plan this time. And scene. Hey. I'm really liking this. So are uh, we supposed to be doing voices? Uh, well, no, but Steven decided that he wanted to do the uh, the Matthew McConaughey version. Well, he, well no, Nev kind of did somewhat of like a British voice. Uh, when he did the CP, that's okay. Listen. Yeah, I know. I just this is I don't want to just kind of be like this the whole time. Open to interpretation from the actors. Well, let's go ahead and I we're going to skip forward a little bit, all right? Uh, we'll skip a little bit of the content. We'll get right into Act 3, Scene 1. And we will recast this. Uh, returning to chorus will be Tori. Um, our wait, wait, wait. Scene four? Act three, scene one. Well, we're going back. <laughs> Act three, scene one. Uh, returning to the role of chorus will be Tori Line. Um, the stormtrooper will be Neff. All of the stormtroopers will be Neff. Hey, I'll give them different voices. No, <laughs> you can't. They're all clones. No. They're the same person. <laughs> just, uh, I will be. The same voice. I will be playing point. the role of Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, Christian will be Luke Skywalker. Yay! Which means Stevo is Han Solo. Hey, that's yeah. what's up. All right. Where? Which Obi Wan are you gonna do? Um, which Obi Wan am I gonna do? do the old one, or are you gonna do most Aussie spaceport? Never shall thou find a hive more rank or wretched. <laughs> that... Um, welcome to Mos Eisley Spaceport. <laughs> I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> I think you should. I got to go pee. Please do Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I'm saying, do the Ewan we'll McGregor. That's my Ewan McGregor. I thought I was going to do Obi Wan. Your father wanted you to have this lightsaber when you was old enough. Into the chapel. Now I gotta, I gotta try and do Come my heart in place. Hey, well, are I'm we all doing a southern version now? No, no, no. we're not. I, 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 wasted, I, I wasted, How long I hast thou been drawn? 
captain. I should have saved him for Han Solo. Han Solo. Oh, yeah. please uh, Speaking of really Han Solo to be Sawyer from Lost. Uh. All right. Uh, act three, scene one. Moss Eisley on the desert planet Tatooine. Now in her cell, the princess doth remain with hope and trouble written on her face. At times she faces torture, horrid pain. With these tools, Vader seeks the rebel base. While Leia in her captive state is kept, young Luke and Obi-Wan set on their way. Approaching town, they hope to intercept a pilot to transport them sans delay. Enter Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and R2-D2, riding in a landspeeder. Mos Eisley Spaceport. Never shalt thou find a hive more rank and wretched, aye, and filled with villainy. So we must cautious be. Enter stormtroopers. <laughs> I prithee, speak. How long hast thou these droids? Tis three or mayhap four full seasons now. We are prepared to sell them, shouldst thou wish. Now is the force to noble purpose used, not as the Sith employing to smite. Hath through the dark side rank the force abused. Good Obi-Wan shall use the force for right. Pray, show me the other papers. What was that? <laughs> it's hard to perform, man. He's, he's from a different part of the gang. So. Why don't you just do the same voices? <laughs> They're all clones, Death. <laughs> I don't think stormtroopers are clones. Clone uh, troopers are clones. Yeah, it's a stormtrooper. Yeah. Stormtrooper. They're just in suits. Okay. Oh, wait, so, so, that's right. This one was scooted from choice? a far away. Okay, all right. So try, try it again, Trooper 4. <laughs> no, please, please. Just do it again. Pray, show me now thy papers. Nay, thou dost not need to see his papers. Nay, we do not need to see his papers. True it is that these are not the droids for which thou searchest. Ah, these are not the droids for which we search. That's, that's Trooper 3. Yeah, it's still in Trooper 3, not still in Trooper 4. Dang it. <laughs> and are, you, are you like a weird version of Bane? These are not the ones that you can show. They are the cavities. This was your ally. You the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I was born. I've been part of the Empire since I was a boy. <laughs> I feel like someone needs to go on YouTube and just and take the trailer and replace all of Kylo Ren's <laughs> voices with Bane. <laughs> hold on a sec, hold on a sec. What's your starter? I don't know if that's bad. That is not. I, I feel like you're. And you thought darkness was your ally. My name is Bane. Bane's my name. Uh. Alrighty. Um, can we I'm start over? Can we start over from Trooper Four, please? Trooper Three. Which one? I don't is, care. Is Just Trooper, start over. It's Trooper Three. Now. Not We're Trooper Four. Both Shakespeare and Star Wars. Pray, at this point. show me now. Uh, go. What are you doing? What? <laughs> it's Trooper Three. You know what, Steven, you started this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> long, long ago in a galaxy far, 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 far away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nev, please, just All let right, us. Go. <laughs> we gotta finish this tonight. <laughs> Pray, show me now thy papers. Nay, thou dost not need to see his papers. Nay, we do not need to see his papers. True it is that these are not the droids for which thou searchest. Aye, these are not the droids for which we search. And now the lad may go his merry way. Good lad, I pray thee, go thy merry way. Now get thee hence. Now get thee hence. Go hence. Enter Jawas as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and R2-D2 dismount Landspeeder. 
Get thee gone! Now by my troth, I cannot com uh, comprehend how those threaten uh, threatening stormtroopers did and uh, did escape. I verily, I thought our end was nigh. The Force has mighty power over the weak and simple-minded of this universe. Dost thou believe that we shall, shall therein in yon dank place discover any pilot who hath me uh, means to transport us to Alderaan? A goodly crew of freighter pilots here may oft be found, but prithee, take good care. This small cantina hath an ill repute. I find myself prepared for everything. Chewbacca here doth service as first mate upon a ship that may our purpose meet. <clears throat> Enter Han Solo, who joins Chewbacca, Obi-Wan, and Luke at a table. <laughs> Han Solo at thy service, gentlemen. The great Millennium Falcon is my ship. My first mate Chewie telleth me you seek a safe passage to the system Alderaan. Aye, true, if tis a vessel swift of flight. <laughs> a vessel of swift flight, thou sayest? Hast thou now heard of the Millennium Falcon, sir? Now shall he boast, but if his ship we'd have, some boasting will endure. Nay, should I have? Tis but a ship that hath the Kessel Run accomplished in twelve parsecs, nothing more. Imperial starships I slyly scaped, but nothing more of that. And neither do I speak about bulk cruisers, small but vast. Krillian ships, yet nothing more, no more. I shall not brag about her speed, good sir. Suffice to say, the ship shall fill thy needs, as she eats the fastest air, but nothing more. Illustration. Mm. I nothing more I'd wish he'd hold it, his peace. This man, it seems, hmm, doth love his ship far uh, far more than I than here I saw this man and woman love. Pray tell, what shall the cargo be? Myself, the boy, two droids, and ne'er a question asked. Tis what, a touch of local trouble here? Nay, let us simply say it thus. We would Imperial entanglements avoid. Aye, there's the rub. So shalt thou further pay. Ten thousand is the cost, and every bit shalt thou deliver ere we leave the dock. Ten thousand? Bye, we could uh, we get our own ship and buy for such a sum as this. I had to turn the page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a goodly jest. For who should pilot such a ship? Shouldest thou? Mm. Thou knave, I could indeed. A pilot skilled am I in my own right. N now should we stay and be abused more by this man's words? Two thousand can we render to thee now, and fifteen more deliver when we come with safety unto Alderaan's bright port. Say seventeen? Congratulations, men. Thou hast ship secured, and we depart whenever thou art prepared. Thou shalt find me at docking harbor number ninety-four. Aye. Ninety-four. It seemeth that thou may already have provoked some interest. <laughs> <laughs> and then? Seventeen. So must they desperate be. This truly may be swift deliverance prove. Go thou unto the ship and be prepared. In times now past have I poor judgments made, and now these error plagues my very soul. For freedom I was made, for taking wing. Yet as a marked man I cannot fly, for bound by debts, by duty, and by fear, I live my life among razor's edge. One part of me that hunts for a better life, and one part hunted for a life I've, and one part hunted for a life I've led. My own existence is a paradox, a smuggler with a lover's kindly heart, a gambler with a noble spirit brave. 
I would be better than it seems I am if ever I transcend the man I was. Perhaps this new employment shall reveal the way I shall make straight my crooked path. Let's heal my past and write my future now. <clears throat> Nakuna Chuta Solo? <laughs> Dude, that's so much fun to play that part. I was about to say it because I was like, that looks so much fun. Yes, indeed, Groot. Yes, indeed, good Greedo. I have planned to make my way unto thy master. Tell thou Jabba Plain, I have obtained his money. Sun Pichle, Namala Trampichok, Makachisa, Najaba Winchikostla Murishan, Tyung Niwanya Yoska, Hehehe, Nachaski Nyowe Kuchusku. Tis true, if the time is the money truly mine. Kela Chaila Chukla in Ting Chunkus. The bounty hunter doth my patience try. Nay, nay, I have not money with me Watch now. Me, nay, nay. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you can't bring kids to fine art. Or Neff, because Neff was the first one to start doing the nay, nay. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. I have not money with me now. Tell Jabba. Nichi witchy. Algaru puye enye arugagu shuka. Shunupu aipi. But even I from this time, but even I from time to time have boarded been. Dost thou believe that ere I had a choice? Draw job. Napakiam napamna. Nay, not that the day. Nay, not that. The day when Jabbath taketh my dear ship shall be the day you find me a grave man. Ne uchle numa. Chespica nufa. Nakringo kenko. Anacho scania. Aye, true. I warrant thou hast wished this day. Pew! <clears throat> Pray goodly, sir. Forgive, forgive me for the mess. And whether I shot first, I'll ne'er confess. And scene. <laughs> Great job. Great job, Nerd of God cast crew. Awesome so stuff. I have a new idea. What's that? We need to just do the entire entire script and then sell it for like a dollar and just have people download it. But we have to do it with funny voices because if we just do it in regular voices, it's going to be boring. Well, golly. Well, golly. Well, let me tell you, Mr. Vader. Well, this way, is a console By the way, the Nene thing, I... I've got a bad feeling. Bad feeling, I tell you. By the way, the Nene thing, Neff was dancing to it too, so yeah, it wasn't just me. It's not just you. You were off Oh, the I hit that Nene. At this point, we will uh, we will thank Christian, our guest voice for the uh, Nerd of God cast uh, reading of William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And thank you. Uh, we appreciate you, man. We will uh, we will get some chicken nuggets on the way home for sure. Now, <laughs> all right, man, take off. All right, peace out, peace out. That was a lot of fun. Good job, yes. you guys. I didn't well, want it to do. stop. That was really fun. <laughs> Tori, I'm sorry that you didn't have more to do, but it's Star okay. Wars, totally male-dominated. Apologize. We could have just gone to later in the movie where Leia is more prominent. That's what, we could have just gone ahead to uh, Empire Strikes Back or whatever. Right. Did they do the prequels too or just they, the they did. Like, Really? Yeah, they did all of them. Uh, so a lot of fun. A lot of fun for, uh, for those of you guys that uh, enjoyed that. For those of you guys that didn't, um, sorry that we lost you. Well, great job, everybody. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, have you ever done any theater and acting like that before, Tori? Um, I read Shakespeare like in high school, but I didn't like perform it. I know that Neff does a lot of stuff uh, in in our church here. Uh, Neff brings a lot of comedy and and things like that. And Stephen is sort of our go-to when it comes to skit guys stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, 
what what do you think is the most the, the scariest thing about getting up in front of people and acting uh, these kind of parts out? Could could you have done this in front of an audience of people? Could you have memorized this, the text and gone up there and, and performed this whole thing out? That's probably oh, the hardest no. part is the memorizing. Yeah. Actually, actually doing it is really easy for me. Right. Like, cause I don't mind doing stuff in front of a crowd. It's just memorizing the lines, make yeah. sure you, everything. And, you and with Shakespeare, you can't really mess it up because the iambic yeah. pentameter is so important. You have to have every syllable mm-hmm. and everything uh, and exactly if, where if it needs to be. There's true Shakespeare fans out there. They're gonna know. Oh, and they're gonna know. I mean, they can quote every single word. It was a they, not a thy. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, Steven, what, what about you, man? You, would you, you, you like doing theater kind of things. Yeah, I don't. Do you ever have a, have you ever experienced stage fright before? Uh, not like crippling. Like it's the way, the way I am is I'm always. I'm in a wheelchair because of stage fright, <laughs> but I get the good parking spots. I, uh, no, like the way I am is I'm fine until like five minutes before the performance. And then I'm like super nervous. But then when I get up there, it kind of, I kind of goes away. I most, I just always try to pretend like I'm just doing the final practice rather than in front of people. And then like it, if like, uh, it's supposed to be funny or like you get a good reaction, it's almost like a, like an adrenaline, like motivation, like, all right, that joke landed. All right, we can keep going. This and is that, going well. I think that's kind of a cool thing that people that I know that, that act say that it makes the stage so much more appealing than acting, you know, in front of a camera or, you know, when you're interacting with an audience and there's kind of a, a give and take and a back and forth there. Uh, of course, you know, those big, big dollars that come with doing movie work and TV work probably are uh, quite a big appeal, but uh, yeah, people that, that act really do love the stage. Um, now, do you think that there's a little bit of a, a learning curve or do you think there's a little bit more of mercy when you do it in front of a church as opposed to in front of like a paying audience or a theater or something like that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my acting is done in front of a church. Yeah, so. I think- <laughs> I'm not a professional actor. I've never done Shakespeare, as you could probably tell. I did uh, I'm talking did some- like this. <laughs> yeah, this would never really- work in a Shakespearean was, kind of setting. It was really fantastic. Um, I did uh, I did some Shakespeare stuff when I was in school. Uh, when I was in college, we, we did several Shakespeare plays. One of my favorites, we did A Midsummer Night's Dream, which was awesome. I got to play Bottom nice. in that. Oh. And, of course, uh, one of my favorites that we did, we did uh, Henry V, uh, Part 1 and Part 2. Dude. Or Henry IV, yeah. Part 1 and Part 2. Was it, I'm pretty sure it was Henry, Henry V, v. was another one. It was Henry Henry IV, Part 1 and 2. Oh, Henry V is my jam because it's got that one really good speech. We did, uh, yeah, the St. Crispin's Day speech. Our band of brothers. Which, which you would know from, that's from uh, Tombstone. They did that in Tombstone. I learned it from the PlayStation commercial that they had on a couple of years ago with, and they played that as the thing in the background. Very, I was like, very good. that's awesome. You know, when a, when, when a commercial like a PlayStation commercial gets it right, do you remember the one, to Mike? To Mike. Oh, my to goodness. Michael. That was like the oh. greatest commercial ever. Have you ever seen that, Tori? That, that was pretty You cool. need to Google the, the PlayStation to Mike commercial. The only thing that sucked about that is oh, it was cool, and it, and it wasn't cool, was you can go on and like upload your own pictures, and they could make the video for you. But unless your name was Michael, it said, to him. Aww. But if your name was Michael, you kind of had to shoot in. Yeah. To Michael. Uh, yeah, I, we did. We did some stuff. I played uh, John Falstaff in uh, Henry the Fourth, which was a lot, a lot of fun to do it. But it is very, very stressful to do that kind of thing. And I think about like the stage fright, and I'm wondering like what it is that causes people to get that anxiety. I mean, what what do you think causes people to have stage fright? To be afraid of getting up in front of people and and performing and doing uh, these lines and, and I drama. I think it's the the feel of the fear of failure. Yeah. Like if I go up there and I screw up, then everyone's going to see my screw up. Right. Like it's not like I just kind of messed up right here, but I'm in a room full of people that's going to see me fail. Right. On one hand, gold. On the other hand, <laughs> crippling, <laughs> agonizing failure. Wait, wait, wait. There, were, Where's the gold coming from? 
I may or may not have made an, a Road to El Dorado reference. <laughs> he told What's with you and Road You've to El Dorado? You've been with the Road to El Dorado this whole week, man. It's kind of my jam. That's my favorite DreamWorks movie. I did not Besides like more than Prince of Shrek? Egypt. Besides Prince Sinner. of Egypt. What about Shrek? <laughs> Shrek is, is a, a solid number More than three. Shark Tale? Just kidding. Shark Tale's Ooh. terrible. More than uh, the Barnyard movie with the cows? That Barnyard. was Nickelodeon. Was it? Was no, it? I think it was Who DreamWorks. Cares? <laughs> it might have been both. It was probably both. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I, I, the, the reason I ask all these kind of things is not because we're starting a theater troupe or anything like that, but I, wanna, I know, I know. I can see the disappointment spreading across no, your, your face. That's something we could do. Star Wars, a, a stage show. Absolutely. I, somebody has to be doing this on a stage somewhere. Someone has to be doing a production of this. Uh, and somebody's I would high go school see play. It. Like I would the very part of musicals. <laughs> or somebody's basement play with a camera and, right. and himself. He does all the characters. But I would like to, uh, what I would like to do is, uh, I would like to challenge you guys and ask this. What about Christianity? What about our testimony? What about our witness? What about evangelism? Um, when you see someone and, and you feel this compulsion and you feel like this desire in your heart to tell them about Jesus, um, why why is it that a lot of times Christians will throw the brakes on and feel hesitant to to sharing their faith with other people, whether it's a friend or, or a stranger? Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but every time that I go and I'll speak or something like that, or it doesn't even have to be like on stage or speaking to a congregation, but this is, I do that more than the other ones. So this is like my point to it is that when I'm up there, uh, I get like really super nervous and I, it's, it's weird. And I had somebody ask me one time, you know, why, why can you go up there and perform? Like if you're acting and be pretty cool, but when you're going up there and you're speaking or teaching or something like that, you get like super nervous. And I think it's because when I'm performing, I'm, putting on a performance I'm not being real but when I'm doing anything else like that it's I'm it's more like I'm being me and that terrifies me because I'm putting myself out there and I'm not really presenting a something that was written or something that was meant to be performed but I'm presenting something real and it's a little bit more it makes it more real to me all of our theater kids out there are shaking their fists at you saying no when you take upon a role you become honest and transparent, and they're referencing Uta Hagen, and they're getting angry at you right now. I'm a dude playing oh, I'm, this. I'm sorry, but when you're when you're, I, I think, and I don't mean this to sound de degrading at all, because I love acting and I love the the art of it. But when you're presenting something as real as the news of Christ, it's a little bit different than presenting the words of William Shakespeare. I think I just got Jesus juked, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, he ain't um, wrong. Okay, yes. but let's talk about outside of the context of church. Because in church, there's sort of a buy-in. When you're speaking in front of a congregation of people, there, there's at least an assumption that most people are like-minded and, and that people are, are, are kind of there for the product that you're selling. Uh, but let's talk about on the street corner. Let's talk about on a park bench. Let's talk about on a city bus. Let's talk about uh, you know out in the real world when you don't have the safety net of redback hymnals and a pulpit to hide behind when you've got to really get out there and just talk to somebody uh, kind of cold call them there when you when you when you got to knock on the door when, when you have to, to speak to somebody because the Holy Spirit is really rising up some kind of a passion and a, a conviction in you like go talk to that person and you're like no get somebody else no 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 why do we why do we have fear is it, it does it go back to fear of rejection does it go back to fear of getting the words wrong it definitely has to do with saying the wrong thing. Explain. Because there's such a, there's definitely, uh, let me see if I can word this properly. There's kind of a right way to do it. Like, you have to make sure that 
they understand that Jesus came to save your sins, like save you from your sins, and it's not just everybody can go to heaven. There's, it, I, I'm also, not only am I afraid to like miss a key point of the gospel message, I'm also afraid I'm not prepared enough for their questions and like their counter arguments. Hmm. And I've also been met lately, recently, um, with just apathy. And growing up, I was never like exposed to that. Like hold, hold on to the apathy for, thing because okay. I want to go that we can have a little conversation based on what you just said. Then we can go back to the apathy thing. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. So what do you mean by like you don't know the right things to say? I'm afraid I don't know enough scripture. Like I'm not like prepared enough if they have a question and I don't know how to answer it. How's that going to look? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you can't even answer my question. So what's the point of listening do to you? you? Pr- do you feel like when you go into a, con- a moment like that that you're kind of preparing yourself for conflict? Like you're going in and, yes. and it's just assumed that this is going to be an argument? Yeah, I yes. think sometimes we just we have the assumption that we're going to go in when we're going to talk to somebody and we're always just going to assume they're going to be the hardcore I hate Jesus atheist yeah. that they're going to come and they're going to have their scripture memorized to right. counteract our scripture. Exactly. Which is uh, which does happen. Yeah. For sure. And I've, I feel like we always go in worst case scenario mode. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to go talk to this person and this person could just be somebody that's down that right. really needs to hear Jesus. And we go in there like, okay, let's get ready for this rejection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Why do you think that most people, okay. I don't know that most people default on rejection, like, or most people kind of put their shields up, but why do you think it is that the people that do that just don't want to hear anything about it? Why do you think that they, they shut you down just based on what it is that you're saying without actually listening to your words? Just based, just based on 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 the 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 theme of what you're saying, not even hearing the points that you're making. Just like just the fact that we're going just, up and just, talking yeah, to just them. Just Jesus, not interested. Um, I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it. Uh, the the one thing that I hear a lot is when you present Jesus to somebody, you're presenting something real, and that makes people uncomfortable. Hmm. So I like the illustration is is if I you know make guns with my fingers and I point it at you you're not going to react because it's just a symbol of something but if I could point a real gun at you you're going to react because it's real please don't point any guns at anybody please I'm sorry don't. I don't do it anymore that's just my thug days <laughs> you thought just talking to them was hard when you have a gun pointed at them. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, um, your <laughs> ancient religions and hokey weapons are no match for good blaster by your side. <laughs> or whatever. I also think people are scared of, like, the truth. And, and how and they reject the idea that there is a truth that isn't just my truth, you know, matched up to your truth, and they're different. Like, truth is truth because it's truth. Like, it's the real thing. It's the final word. There's no opinions about it because it's the truth. It's the truth. I, and I think people that, that... take serious issue with that because we're all told, you know, think your own thoughts and excuse me, have and your own opinions, all that kind of thing, but that's not how it They're like, you know, what is truth? Is truth a changing law? Both have truths. What do you think about in the Bible? What is truth is what Pilate said. When Jesus said, you know, and, and Pilate never waited for the answer. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think that Stephen makes a point when he says, you know what he says, because the truth of God requires us to react. Mm. It requires us to accept or to reject. You can't nothing Jesus. Yeah. You, you've got to, you have to respond in some way. And, and most people aren't willing to hear it because they don't want to have to react to it. 
they don't want to have to nope you know and some people say I don't I'm not interested in that because I don't want to give up the things that I like or I'm not interested in that because I'm not interested in losing my Sunday mornings for the rest of my life or I'm not interested in that because that's just that's not for me that's old-fashioned and I think maybe people have a, a sort of outmoded or outdated uh, perception of Christianity or perception of Jesus that causes them to not uh, feel like they're interested in it at all um, I do think that people's hearts are hungry now for something that is true. I do think that people really do want to have something that has some substance and some grounding. I think that maybe sometimes they don't see that in the lives of Christians. Sometimes they, they don't see much difference between people who follow Jesus and people who don't. People hear about the, the pastor that has stolen money from the church, or people hear about the, you know, the minister that has, the, the evangelist that ha, had an affair, or, you know, people hear about the, the person who, uh, you know, molested a young person in their church, or, you know, and they see the, this hypocrisy, which is certainly not the standard, certainly not the normative uh, expression of Christianity, but when they see it, it taints that for the, the entire whole. It becomes less trustworthy. Um, and I think that the most vocal Christians that are out there are people that are on like Christian television that we're going to talk about Jesus, but we're really just asking for your money. Um, or the perception of it is, is you know, so. So uh, I think that, that maybe people, not enough Christians are uh, not enough normal Christians or maybe uh, not enough, uh, you know, functional and joy-filled and, and balanced Christians are, are bringing the gospel to their, to their world around them. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that, why do you think that Christians, why do you think that the more normal, balanced, uh, you know, the more healthy representation of the Christian demographic aren't bringing uh, the gospel to the lost the way that they should? Because they're met with a lot of apathy that's what i was saying earlier okay uh explain so i told i shared the gospel with somebody and they were just kind of nodded and were like okay and like to me someone who you know cares it's life-changing and it's you know reinvigorating and it's you know it's a big deal and to be met with apathy it's just like well i don't even know how to respond to that so then i don't know how to like continue on with do you think that it flips the other way do you think that m many christians bring apathy to it that they they see people all the time that they know are struggling and going through difficult times uh maybe they're, they're overcome with temptation or maybe they see uh you know friends or coworkers or family members and they just don't make the effort to reach them i would say so yeah because we're all people and apathy is an unfortunate people side effect and it's not right but it's definitely you know, something that happens, and it's our—it's that's part of our job to get over that. But we can't do that without God's help. Well, it goes back to the old adage of you know this needs to happen, but I'm just going to assume that somebody else is going to do it, yeah. or that it's going to fix itself. So it kind of not—not that it's not my problem, but that somebody else will get to it surely. It's yeah. not my responsibility because he's over there. Yeah, yeah, I think I was I was reading in, in a book. I don't I, I don't remember what which it is. I think it's a, a blink by Malcolm Gladwell when he was talking about there's a crime happening and one person sees it and they feel compelled to to jump in and do something about it you know to stop a person from being robbed or being attacked but if there is a large group of people seeing it more often no one does anything that's the, a real thing that actually happened somebody actually ended up getting murdered be, and no one like people were in the apartments around and didn't call anybody because they thought somebody else was going to call and that's you know that's a, an example that he referenced it wasn't mm -hmm. just an imaginary scenario but it was uh, something that he references that people just assume somebody else will deal with it 
and then no one deals with it. And we do have a world where people are, are, are hurting and where people are lonely and where people uh, need hope and need help and need light in their life. And, uh, and I've experienced that Jesus is that light. But people don't, I mean, going back to your original point, Tori, people don't study to show themselves approved what the Bible says. So they don't know how to explain the gospel. They don't know how to, how to tell people that are hurting that that we all hurt and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we actually do live in a, a state of separation from God, but that God demonstrates his love to us that while we were still sinners, without having to change our behavior or somehow you know win his favor, God sent his son to die for us. And that that requires a response, that that's not just some kind of universal condition that Jesus died so we can continue to do whatever we want to do. How can we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We have, you know, it's, it's you know, we shouldn't continue to sin that grace may abound, you know. We, we have to make a response. We have to uh, confess with our mouth that, that God, you know, that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Uh, and that we have to accept the free gift of salvation. And I think that sometimes people don't know how to verbalize that. If they do, they don't care to verbalize it. Um, or maybe they're afraid to verbalize it because they fear rejection. But I want to encourage you as our listeners, as our Nerd of Godcast crew, uh, and to everyone out there in the, uh, the Nog Squad, there's something that God has given you. There's a unique platform, a unique pulpit, a unique relationship that God has given you. Maybe you're a pastor. Maybe you're a, a leader in your church, a, an elder, a youth leader, um, and you have got a pulpit every week to, to speak into the lives of people. Use it. Don't be afraid. Don't hide behind uh, a desire to share something that's uh, friendly and, and easily swallowed, but give something that, that causes people to open their eyes and to be awakened to the light. If, if that's not you, maybe you're somebody who is a, a teacher, or maybe you, you work in a place where you've got relationships with people. Use those relationships and let God uh, give you uh, the words. Uh, the Bible does say in, in Luke 12, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And, uh, and when those opportunities open up, don't be hesitant. Don't be uh, reticent to use the good news that lives in you. You are a carrier of the gospel. You are infected with hope, and it's your job to to bring it to people and and to share that hope, to share that love, and and not forgive me. You know this is one of my big pet peeves. Someone has a need, and you're like, oh, you'll be in my thoughts and prayers. It's like, bro, you, I ain't even thinking. You ain't in my thoughts. That's so stupid. Don't if, you, if I ever need something, you tell me I'm in your thoughts. You shut up. You keep your thoughts, man. I want somebody on their knees, calling out in the name of Jesus, praying the blood over my life, praying for God's mercy and His forgiveness and His salvation and for miracles. I want someone touching heaven. I don't. You keep your thoughts, man. Give me some Jesus spirit-filled prayers, and we have that power. How that's going back to Stephen's analogy. That's like having a gun and using it as a hammer. It's like, it's way more powerful for the intention. It was, look, don't give me no spiritual thoughts, man. Give me some powerful prayers. Give me a word of encouragement and hope, um, you know, and, and trust that the Lord is going to fill our minds with good things, things that are going to challenge people, things that are going to excite people and things that are going to inspire people. Uh, I would encourage you, if whether, whether you're a, a student or whether you're a, a, an adult, whether you're a leader or whether you're a follower, uh, if you are a if you're a disciple of Christ, you've been given the great 
commission, which is to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel and to share the good news. And you might not know the exact words to say, but it's not Shakespeare. It's the words that are written on your heart. This predates even Jesus in Exodus chapter four. And God is just saying to Moses, he's like, if you go, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. Let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord teach you. And just know that he's got already relationships. There's already relationships in your life. There's already opportunities in your life. If you're a, a rapper, man, write those songs and give glory to God. If you're a poet, let your verse spill forth and, and bring a, a, a truth to, to God's love in your life. If you're an artist, uh, you know, paint a picture of grace and of beauty and, and bring it back to Jesus. Whatever God has given you, let that be your instrument to bring him praise and to shine his light into a dark and dying world that desperately needs help. And if you're sitting behind a microphone tonight, there's always a lot of fun in talking about Shakespeare and Star Wars. There's always a lot of fun in slinging out stories about video games. But when it comes down to it, you've got to use the platform that God has given you to bring him glory, to bring him honor, and to let people know that he is still the answer, that he is still our only hope. And that's, uh, that's what I got for you for today. Stephen, final words? I was not prepared for final. You were words. leaning in. So. No, I was just I was leaning in, listening. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's what I got for you tonight. That was my that was my rant of the day. Uh, any final thoughts, comments, questions? Just uh, stick with it. When in it's it's a Christian cliche, but sometimes uh, you're you can be there to plant the seed, even if you don't see it grow. That's good. Good word. Good point, man. That's a really good point. Um, and and never never miss an opportunity, never miss an opportunity, man. You you Neff, this is sports ball. Uh, you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you don't, don't take. Don't take. That's Wayne Gretzky. There you go. So, Very nice. Wayne Gretzky. Uh, he was uh, the great one, right? The hockey from player. The hockey player. I'm not a big hockey fan, but I know that quote from him. He's. I know one of the most best. of my hockey knowledge comes from the movie Wayne's World. I only know that quote because it was used on The Office. <laughs> Stan McHugh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott making a quote of a quote. That's right. Uh, very good. Well, I, I want my life to be a quote of a quote, man. I want my life to be a quote of the red letters of Jesus Christ from the gospel, the good news for all mankind. Speaking so. of sports, Jesus Juke. Jesus Juke. Uh, well, I guess that's all the time we have for tonight. I uh, just wanted to uh, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, you are one of our favorite people. Um, share your ideas. Connect with us on Twitter, or you can uh, meet us on thenerdygodcast.com at our blog and uh, give us your feedback. We'd love to know. We'd love to know how it is that God is leading you to share the gospel. What your voice is. What your tools are. What your platform is. And, uh, man, I pray that God give you open doors, uh, multiple opportunities, and great, tremendous success in all your efforts. Not for your glory, certainly not for the glory of a, a dumb podcast about comic books and such, but for the glory of the one and only Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Lamb, the Great I Am, the Rose of Sharon, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the Bright and Morning Star, the Alpha, the Omega, the Author and Finisher of our faith, the Beginning and the End, my Savior, my friend, what's his name? Jesus. Jesus. And you can believe that. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight for the Nerd of God cast. We are at Quentin Neff. Good night, Moon. Tori Line. Night, guys. Mr. Producer Steve Ho. So long, farewell to you, my friends. And my name is Tony T. Until next time, we ain't got to go home. But we, we can't, can't stay, stay here. here. Let's go to Bellatalia for some pizza, guys. Ow!
Pizza out. Excellent. Now I enter the scene of this boy's life. This boy, whom I've watched for many years, hath grown into the man before me now. My hope I now entrust to him alone, that he might be our sure deliverance. And yet, this situation warrants care. I must approach with caution as we speak, and meet his questions as a trusted guide. My inner joy I must with patience hide. For certain tis it gives me great delight to see him now, his face, his golden hair, so long have I watched o'er him from afar. So many hours and days of my life spent in hopeful expectation of this one. In his beginning I shall find my end. This business shall reveal my final stage, yet in my closing scenes perhaps I'll write a worthy ending to my mortal days. Tis possible that in this gentle one the dream I've long awaited shall come true. So I'll compose a final act that shall accomplish the two most worthy ends, to set this world aright and to save this old man's soul.